everybody. Welcome back to Mentors for Military. We're here with the crew. We've got Rob Gowan. Hey, Kyle, Kyle hey. Neal. How are you guys doing? And RJ and Dylan from Brigands Company. We got to talking about Brigands Company and, and how that's a symbol of, of a group of people that will go above and beyond, that have integrity as a, a paramount value. And that sort of created a tribe. And we're kind of thinking more about tribal culture, and that's something that's happening in our country. There's a lot of disadvantages that can come with tribal thinking, but there's a lot of advantages as well and a lot of strengths in it. If you've ever read uh, Carl Younger, I believe that's the right, mm -hmm. the right name. You know, he's got a book about, um, about being in a tribe and the importance of that. And we thought since you guys were here, we kind of expand on that a little bit. It's something that you guys are building. And I think, it's, it, I think it's a challenge in some ways because of how people may view the perception of what a tribe is. Personally, what I've seen, because um, in some cases they see it as a clique, as a niche, you know, as a, an organization that may be, you know, not wanting to conform to the norm. And so you can have some very negative connotations that come along with it as, as long with uh, maybe the pro, uh, you know positive aspects of you're building camaraderie you're trying to build teams with common cultures and themes and beliefs or values and those types of things but it seems like in today's society it could end up going one way or the other and there's not always that happy medium yeah absolutely i think uh just like anything like paul was saying it's got positives and negatives um i guess from our aspect is like we were talking about on our on our full podcast earlier, um, we do look for like-minded individuals, and we look for those people that are already a little bit a part of their tribe, whether they know or a part of our tribe, whether they know it or not yet. Um, and again, it's there's something so powerful with being in the same room as everybody that's on that same operating level as you. You know, it's like walking into the cough at work, and you're like, oh yeah, we all want the same thing, baby. There's no one that's gonna stop anyone in this room. You know, and that's great, but from an outsider's point of view, it can get very clicky, mm -hmm. and it can get very intimidating to be a part of, and that's one thing that we've taken a second look at and try to take a step back into the, to the Brigands Co. aspect of it as, you know, if you look at our social media, it, it may at a glance look a little rough around the edges and um oh well you gotta be military or you gotta be x-ranger bad or you gotta be special operations or and we we like to preach when we can that that is so far from the truth because some of the best people that have helped us the most are those drastically opposite uh to what we are you know and those are the people that you know i was, I was talking offline a little bit earlier me and, me and my brother especially, we really try and uh, it's really awesome when you can get all of these different people from different walks of life into the same room. And even now in Florida, is we have like some of our best friends that are local surfers or skaters. And then we have some guys coming from Savannah, Georgia on a four-day weekend to come hang out with us. And then we've got that's the cool. other local fireman yeah. that's here. And they're all just drinking beers in the living room or by the fire outside. Couldn't be more different. But... The only thing they got in common is me and my brother and that Brigands Co. T-shirt they're yeah. wearing. You know what I mean? So. Well, I think when I think of tribes, I kind of think of like genetics, right? Sure. If, if you're if you're selecting from the same pool always, that can weaken. Even though your your focus may be tighter and more specific, mm. but when you get new blood and people from different walks of life in, that strengthens your organization or your community, and then you can. It's new blood. It's new ideas. It's more resilience. It's okay. If we all do the same things, 
and something outside of our norm or our real house happens, now we have a vulnerability or we, there's a door open for that virus to get in there um, if you were an organism and wreak havoc. But when you have something really robust and lots of different people in it with the same core values, now when there's a problem that's outside of your wheelhouse, you have options and people that that may be their expertise and they can support the tribe or the individual in that manner. So I think... Yeah, it, it's like stacking the same grid on top of each other. If it's if there's one hole in it, you know, and they're all the same, you're gonna find that hole, and you guys might all through. yeah, you might fall, yeah. you might fail together too, you yeah. know. But if you've got all these different people that are covering down on all of these weak yeah. spots and strong spots and all of this stuff, like that's that's what breeds success in the I, long run. I've seen the same thing in the private sector, honestly, within companies in which um, you're trying to identify the culture within an organization when you arrive there. You know, what is the culture of that company and those types of things. And, and like you're describing, that's a great way of putting it. You have organizations that maybe have been around 20 years and most of the people in that company have been 10, 15 plus. The problem is, is that they haven't really advanced in technology. They haven't really grown. They're not keeping up maybe with the patterns of how their competition is really doing because they haven't infused that new talent who've had experience in other organizations to bring into the fold. People within the military, you're coming in and you're learning a new culture in how the military wants you to do it and they don't really necessarily want your input so much they want you to just fall in line you know so but out in the private sector it's it's definitely one of these things you want to create your value show your value to that organization and and what you can do in contribution but when you come to these organizations that like i said have had longer tenure um you want to have a balance you want to have people that's been around for a while that can help train those people of how you want your company to conform or you know grow and those types of things but you need the new blood to walk in and go why is it that you've always done it that way here have you ever thought about doing it some way out of the box of what you're currently doing right now and i think that's healthy in in really everything we do and and even in the military i think is uh, especially as ncos and and as officers as we can um, find those opportunities of some of the new blood that are coming in from other organizations and you know how how did you know we're in the 82nd how did the 101st do it how did you know you do it uh, at fort hood versus here or whatever you know or not knock the fact that this is the 82nd we don't do that here you know all american way <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you were in 425 and you said something about 82nd you got an immediate Back and brag. Yeah, and I think the military does a really good job of um, mixing new blood into yeah. different pots and and keep the blood moving because yeah. that's healthy Regiment's in the system. Requirement, you know, yeah. at, at yeah. some point you when you're to going go. to get your to rank up, they want you to do another time elsewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. well, that's easy. the other part of Abrams Charter. You Absolutely. know, you, right. you have to go out and take what you knew from what you learned from the standard bearer of the army, yeah. which yeah. is the regiment. And you need to diffuse that blood into these other units. I got a chance to do that. I ended up in a garrison unit in Korea, and I thought this is going to be terrible. I'm just going to put my head down and, and get through the next you know year of my life. And I got to say, having a, a headquarters platoon that's half Korean soldiers, half American soldiers, all from non-combat MOSs, with the exception of I think my first sergeant and one other E6, although. He may have had a combat MOS, but <laughs> he was one of those guys. We'll leave it at that. It, it was the most satisfying experience of my life because they had never met um, an NCO like me, which was good in many ways because, you know, I can't write a counseling for anything and the big army stuff I wasn't as good at. But being able to motivate those soldiers and learn what their job was and they responded in such a different way 
than privates in Ranger Battalion. Those guys, I mean, that's, you're swimming with the sharks when you're in Ranger Battalion. You're all sharks, and it's who's the bigger shark? And it's competitive, but you also don't have to motivate those guys in yeah. the same way because they're already ready to go. But, you know, you might have somebody who's in, in the DFAC or in chaplain's assistance, and they've never met a hard charger or been under one, and maybe their leadership was good at their role, but they weren't a good military leader in the sense that a ranger may have been. And so getting to impress that upon them was, it did wonders for me. It, it's probably the most rewarding experience I ever had in the military. Yeah, I'm not sure I've heard really anybody that stepped up aside from regiment to do their conventional time. I'm not sure that I've heard anybody say that that was a negative experience. All of Never. them have, I feel like everyone I've spoken to about that has just been like, wow, what an opportunity for me to lead from the front all over yeah. again and to mold other people and to step into that true leadership role. And I'm like, wow, yeah, that sounds kind of like the whole point, like someone was mm -hmm. onto something here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's the general yeah. consensus from what I've gathered. Yeah, so. and I, I think also when you're talking about tribes, like the good tribes look for the change. Look, They can't wait to embrace it because they know it's coming. It's yeah. the only thing certain is change. Yes. So yeah. they're always ready. They're always ready to embrace the good stuff and get rid of the bad stuff quick. So it's it's I think it comes down to perspective and uh, how open you are to all of it. So close-mindedness is suffocation. For yeah, sure. for sure. And if you're circling back to business, you think of a business that's not scalable, not ready to go, not ready to take the next step. It's gonna die on the those vine. usually go by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. What is meant by tribe to you guys? When when somebody says that, because somebody may ask that question about okay, they're talking about tribal, but what what does a tribe mean? To me, I I think of the Native Americans. I think mm. probably because I grew up out west and you watch the movies and that's my, probably my first association with that word. And I think the first thing you think of when it, you think of a Native American, if you're in the military, is probably like their warrior culture. Yeah. So obviously they had that, but they also had, you know, people that were skilled at tanning hides and, and doing things of that nature, like the infrastructure stuff. And you had a healer and a shaman and, you know, a spiritual guide and you had a, a leader who was good at at pol internal politics and external politics to help those other things. So if you really die, delve into that model, I think that's, at least from a very layperson's perspective, an organic embodiment of what a tribe is. And I think that sort of suits what we're talking about. If you look at the military as a tribe, in a lot of senses, it's not a great one for resilience long-term. While we're all, all in, it's great. But then once you get out, and I say that it's not a good one because we all have the same problems, right? What are, what are a veteran's problems? You ask anybody, it's the same three or four things. It's substance abuse, it's isolation, it's um, you know, being too tough and not being willing to ask for help or seek help, you know, and, and you can kind of expand on that. And so I think that that's because you need 20 guys that are all the same in a platoon. And you might have different specialties, but like we're fighters, yeah. you know, and we've got Doc, but Doc's a fighter too. <laughs> Hell yeah, he is. <laughs> So to me, that's what a, a tribe is. A tribe is, is your group of people that, you know, your five to 10 people that you can really lean on for different things. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're my, my business, my professional mentor, Rob. And I, I, you know, I've got healers in Colorado and they're, they're different types of healers. One's a yogi, you know, and she's like my trainer now. And another one is a sound healer. And she's like my, my medicine woman now. And I have other people that, that fill different roles um, yeah. Tara from Equine Immersion Project. Yeah. She's like my mental health person, but she also mentors me in business and, and helps me to, for the spiritual side of, of my profession, 
or for my professional endeavors. So that's what, it, what a tribe is. It's those five people that mentor you, the five people that you mentor and that have those different skills that you may need. You know, I never thought about it too much until I got off active duty, to be honest with you. I didn't think about a tribe. You know, first off, there wasn't any books or anything that I read that uh, said anything about using that word specifically. And I just thought about we all had a mission to do, and we all had a role to play to accomplish that mission together. Then you come off active duty and you realize how disconnected you are. And I didn't realize personally that I needed military people around me, that I needed to get that back into that tribe moment and then when somebody said tribe it it kind of clicked it's like oh yeah. okay i get it yeah. because we play a big part of like while we're on active duty it's army against marines versus coast guard versus you know and when we get out i can walk up and say you know uh, or this somebody says hey i was uh johnny here i'd like to introduce you to him uh by the way he served in the the marine corps and I'd, oh dude you, you know instantly yeah. veteran there's a connection it's the tribe but if you didn't call it, if you didn't label it or anything, I would just say it's just part of this family that I never realized that I needed and, and all of that. But if you say it's a tribe, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, like I thought Native American as, as well. Not that I grew up around a Native American, but absolutely. That's, that's probably the first uh, way you associate with it. But now that somebody tags it in that way, I can see that in a lot of ways we as veterans need to find our tribe need to find some way to connect and, and get I, back in it and i think the the really healthy guys that come out uh, healthy like as far as habits mindset all that when they step away from their team and go into the civilian world or go into whatever adventure they head towards they naturally build that tribe around them cuz they're natural leaders they're they're natu they naturally know what they need they want to be in an element where there's a certain amount of homeostasis, a certain amount of whatever they're going after, and, and they focus that team and they get after it. So you see that on stunt teams, you see it on the fire, you see it in different walks of life, not just the military. So well, I, I see think it's important. It's funny you mention that because, I mean, like when I think of like firefighters, LEO, all the they're definitely in the same type of thing. They're a tribal system when they get out. Sure. Oh, yeah. They hang out together. It, yeah. It's crazy, really. I mean, we, we do the fire services. Yeah, pull your mic up. Thank you. The, the fire service is generally referred to as like a paramilitary organization. Yeah. I don't know that I would always agree, but in a lot of aspects there is, of course, and kind of like RJ was saying, you know, when me and my brother moved down to New Smyrna, we didn't know anybody there. It was kind of like two-man tribe, just kind of sending out the bat signal and you know just kind of meeting people as we went but you know to your point paul is uh yeah that's how i've always considered it is like i think if somebody said hey write down the people in your tribe right now it's like i don't go to rj to this about the same things that i would go to my brother for or that i would go to my lieutenant my best friend cody curran that i work with uh, I go to him for separate problems. I go to my girlfriend for the worst problem. She gets the brunt of it. You know yeah. what I mean? And she, she's for different things. And then when I need uh, help in a different aspect, you know, I'm going to call RJ. And then I'm going to call someone else or something for, for something else. And, you know, it's really just having, it's almost like a team in the military. You yeah. know, you've got your medic that specializes here. You've got your combo guy. You've got your, your saw gunner. And you've got your, you know, you've kind of got. Sergeant. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you've. You know, you've got all of your different people, and that's kind of how I like to think of my tribe is too. You know, if I'm if I'm stressed out at work, well, I'm gonna go talk to somebody like Cody, or I'm gonna talk to, you know, some of the guys I work with. And you know, if 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 it's something different, and I'm just not the most confident person when it comes to Brigands Co. and I'm having a little self doubt, well, I'm gonna call up the girlfriend, and she's gonna get me right. You know what I mean? And 
if it's career stuff or man, I need help just seeing a long, I need to just help me see the long term here, man. Tell me we're doing something right. I'm gonna call up RJ and he's gonna smack it out of me. You know what I mean? And that's what Tribe is to me for sure. Yeah, and I'll tell you when we, when uh, I first met you guys, you and Connor, um, and to hear your story about coming out of the military and being in that place that you didn't want to be, moving down to the beach and starting to find your sea legs there. Um, and I just watched you slowly build your team, and I was so honored to be a part of it, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a wild sure. ride. <laughs> well, and I think that's the same thing here with the podcast. A lot of people end up coming and you know, whether you're a host or co-host or you're a guest, there ends up being a tribe. I mean, you know, like... Um, you know, here a couple of weeks back, we had uh, the guys, you know, Phil Sim, uh, Simmons from, or Phil from... Um, Phil Sussman. Sussman. Gosh, uh, thank you. Gotcha, thank you, man. Um, Phil from uh, American Yogi was down there, and uh, Byron from uh, Coastline Canine. Yeah. And uh, Byron um, gave him a dog, and, and I don't know that they ever knew that each other was on, uh, one another was on the uh, podcast until one of them showed up, I think, with the T-shirt on, and they go, dude, you know, like, and, and then the conversation came up. I love that. And, um, yeah, it's, so you don't realize that in, without, re- you know, knowing what you're doing, the way you're creating a tribe, so we talk about the circle of five. We talk about branching out of that. We talk about the people that we're influencing. They're influencing others. And sometimes it's that second and third degree of connection where you go, wait, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah. No, we were just talking about this at lunch. Like you were part of Dylan's process to leave the military and, and to, to build this team. And you guys gave him. Yeah, you like, were definitely that's a, part that's of it. A, that's a great segue into that. Yeah, I didn't get to touch on it too much earlier. We. You know, when I started listening to, to Mentors for Mill, I think it was, you know, either early 2017, late 2016, I was working for a company repelling, you know, <laughs> washing windows in Savannah and didn't even know where I was at in the world. And, uh, you know, started, I searched military on, on my podcast app. I had never listened to a podcast before. And Mentors for Mill was the first one to pop up. Thank and, you, Algorithm. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. But, um, yeah, and I don't. I, I really want to go back and do some homework to see if I can figure out what episode it was. I mean, it had to be within y'all's first 10 or 15. I mean, it was pretty yeah, early. at that time. And uh, whatever it was, it was like I was just in this slump in my life, but right out of regiment, you don't know what to call it. You don't know what right. it is. You're just like, oh, I feel weird. Like, oh, I don't know what this <laughs> is, but like I can drink through it or yeah. whatever. And I think after listening to, God, whoever was on, a very respected individual, I'm sure, um, was talking about his depression and, and where he felt lost and like he didn't have that tribe or any of that. And as I start thinking about my own life, I'm like, man, my brother just moved to Florida my friends have moved or they're on a deployment because all my right. friends were still in and I got out and I was like, man, do I need to just get right back in and just get right back into what I know? Cause this is way worse. <laughs> like this is way, way worse. And then, you know, I was just feeling very lost and just hearing somebody and, and Robert talking about, you know, how this individual said, man, I'm just, I'm depressed. And it's really like, I have lost my tribe and it was enough for me to, driving on the way to work at 7 a.m. with my coffee and I just pulled the car over and I was like, oh my God, like an epiphany of like, I never thought I could struggle like with these same issues, but it just hearing it from someone else and then self-diagnosing just made it, like it wrote it out on paper in front of me. And I was like, oh, that, well, that's what it is. I can destroy that. 
like now that I know what it is, I can destroy it. And that's yeah, and just find a easier to hit a target that you can see. Absolutely, man. And it's like yeah, so. But sometimes it takes a kindred spirit, like somebody that's in your tribe. Maybe you never met them, but they're still in your tribe. Hundred percent. And get them to say it. You gotta hear it from the light bulb. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's I think why uh, VFWs, when you know World War II was over, huge, you know Korea, huge. Vietnam, mm-hmm. there needed to be a place, and there already was from previous generations when it was popular for there to be a building where veterans could go into, and only veterans to have conversations, you know, sit around the table, you know, drink a beer, whatever the case may be, and play cards or whatever they could do to escape for that moment. This, this generation doesn't see that as a, something that's really needed, um, and, and they don't maybe go to those types of uh, organizations, and those organizations are kind of fading away because the generations that went to them went to them for those reasons to, to help them be a part of that tribe, but that's also what this generation's missing, is that yes. they don't have that type of place, or they didn't embrace that because it's all that is that's the old man's place to go to, right? So by listening to a podcast, by joining an organization like Brigands, where you go and you meet up and you put the shirt on, you go pick trash off the beach, and you, you know, or whatever the case may be, you don't even really realize that you're um, becoming part of a tribe in some way. Sure, yeah. it's, it's what we spoke to earlier as well. It's like. Uh, if that's the case, if we're not showing up at these places like we used to, uh, you know, however many years ago, and now it's kind of switched to social media, it's, qu- it's it's switched to YouTube and to podcasting, and where I was kind of touching on earlier was make sure that these turn into real experiences. Don't, if you have the opportunity, don't keep them virtual. Yeah, those only go, that only goes so far. It's like we were talking about networking. It's like be a yes man. If there is an event. If there is Live American Yogi and these guys are getting people together, get the freaking plane ticket and go out there and meet these guys. And it's going to be beneficial. It's a, yeah. you know, get it off your phone. And that's a great way to learn and, uh, and to see what's out there and, uh, you know, be introduced. But at some point that does need to transfer over and it may not be at the bar. It may not be at the VFW or whatever, but it's wherever you want it to be at this point. Like use it, use it to your advantage for sure. No, I think that, I think that bears saying, I, this is one of the downfalls of social media as great of a tool as it is for so many things. And I, th- I do find it invaluable, although I also find it very, very obnoxious. <laughs> but one of its downsides is you can, you can follow all these things. I mean, you can, you can look at Jocko Willings posts, you know, four 30 every morning, he's got a picture of his watch and a pool of sweat. And you may feel a kinsmanship with that, but if you're not doing it, if you don't have a group of people to work out with, then you know, you're kind of cheating yourself. You may still be isolating, but at least that spark is there that you're interested. But I think that's a great, it's a great point. You know, if you're yeah. following these groups that are doing things you believe in, but you're not making that a real world experience, then well, that's the next step and see if you don't feel better yeah. afterwards. Sure. I guarantee you will. Yeah. yeah. And guarantee. It's sti- the responsibility yeah. is still with you. Make no mistake. You know, sure. even though you can f- click follow a million times, it still comes down to you and you got to want it yourself too. Well, it's a, it's the, that's a, that's effort versus reward, right? The greater the effort, the greater the reward. Nailed it. It's so easy to just hit something with your thumb, hit like, hit <laughs> subscribe, but Nailed it. go ahead and do that on our YouTube page. But then come out <laughs> and get that's some good. one team, one fight and support, <laughs> support, you know, these local, yeah. these local causes. Um, 
Well, I think there's, uh, and there was actually a book that was written, um, uh, it was called Tribal Leadership, Leveraging uh, Natural Groups to Build a Thriving Organization. And one of the things that they got into is that there are also different levels of different tribes within organizations. So there are those who like to, you know, maybe just kind of skim by, they want things given to them and, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. And then there are those far ex people who are excelling and everything else and, you know, want to build a tribe of like-minded people who want to do everything 110% all the time. And then there is those different levels of tribes in an organization in between. And so I think at times there, there's people who are also searching for what is my tribe? Yeah. And where do I fit in uh, within that? Uh, but what I found interesting uh, from the book that is true in a lot of things is that it's only the top 2% that's at the top. And it's usually the bottom 2% that's at the bottom. And everything else is usually sandwiched in between. And even in organizations, you find that those who are at the uh, on the bench getting ready to take more senior roles and everything else and your high performers tend to be the same definition as it is within the military of high performers and people who are performing in high performing, you know, organizations because they're with like-minded people in those tribes. So whether or not we realize that when we're on active duty or when we go into the private sector or we're coming as a veteran, you know, try to find the right tribe, but um, you're also going to run into individuals that's, you know, yeah, I'm a veteran, you know, where's my free this or where's my free that and that type. Those tribes exist out there as yeah. well oh, if sure. you're looking for them. Equate you know? it to when you got to your first unit and or you're getting to a new unit and you need to get something done and you may not know somebody in the other platoon. You're going to go to somebody in that other platoon who's going to be like you. Whether mm -hmm. you know it or not, you're going right. to seek them out. Yeah. And that's going to be your you're liaison. You're attract it too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's it might not be like a hard definition tribe because you could be first platoon and I could be third platoon but we're kindred spirits in that yeah maybe those guys don't want to get shit done <laughs> between me and you we can we can move this along and sure. get her done yeah yeah, yeah and I'll tell you it's, uh, it goes back to choose your own adventure man you're responsible yeah. for everything you do and don't do so yeah. go for it as well you're going to get something out of it for sure